48K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, Joshua Wong says he may file an election petition after he was barred from running in the district council elections. The freelance journalist who staged a protest at a police press briefing says she may take legal action after her personal details were released online. And the UK, US and 21 other countries demand China grant United Nations officials immediate access to Xinjiang. Demosisto's Joshua Wong says his disqualification from contesting November's district council elections will only trigger more international support to safeguard Hong Kong's autonomy. He called on US senators to pass the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act as soon as possible. Mr Wong, who insists Beijing was behind the decision to bar him, says he may file an election petition after the polls are over. I am considering to file the election petition, especially to point out how the returning officers violate on procedural justice, with how the returning officers suddenly replaced with the surprising annual leave of the original returning officers. I believe it would just trigger more and more uh, legal point for us to point out the facts on how returning officers or Hong Kong government violate on procedural justice. The chief executive says she's confident of finding a peaceful and harmonious way for Hong Kong to get out of its current impasse. Speaking at a trade conference, Carrie Lam said she's been holding dialogues with different groups in society and will invite experts and academics to conduct an in-depth examination of social conflicts. She added that she'll be committed to solving deep-seated problems, including social divides, once the violent protests stop. Nothing justifies violence, and our first priority must therefore to end violence and restore law and order as soon as possible. The Hong Kong police, which has displayed courage and restraint, as well as every agency in the government, are working in concert with determination to achieve that single objective. A freelance journalist who staged a protest at Monday's police media briefing says she's considering legal action after her personal details were circulated online. Amy Ip alleges it's the police who released a copy of her press card to pro-Beijing groups. She says she's been told off by strangers online for disrupting the news conference and called a black reporter. I do um, considering to take legal action on that, um, maybe file a complaint to the PPLB. Because uh, that the incident is when I was pushed away from the press room. Someone from the police force, I don't know who they are, asked me to show my identification again. So I just saw her and she took a picture of it immediately, which is the, the my press card issued by the HKJA, the Journalist Association. And that's the only picture that they've been talking in that area. The High Court is looking for ways to handle an application for a judicial review by the Hong Kong Journalists Association against the police commissioner over police treatment of journalists at protests. The HKJA has cited numerous alleged cases of journalists being obstructed by officers while reporting on the front line. It's asking the court to declare the police acted unlawfully by obstructing journalists and failing to properly identify themselves and that press freedom was breached. At a directions hearing, Judge Anderson Chow says rather than delving into every single alleged complaint made against the police, which may take years, it would be more practical if the court limits itself to deciding on matters of principle. He also said because the court is currently dealing with other judicial reviews over police identification issues, it may deal with the matter in a combined hearing in March next year. 
A patient's rights group says a report on whether hospital staff leaked information to police about injured protesters is insufficient. The hospital authority says its investigation found a lack of privacy caused by overcrowding at Queen Elizabeth Hospital allowed officers to identify several people who were then arrested following an anti-government protest in June. Alex Lam from Hong Kong Patients Voices says the report lacks detail. It doesn't explain everything that the public would like to know, whether there was a leakage of information. But the report simply says that there is no evidence for any A&E staff members passing information. So what about any other staff member in the hospital, like nurses working in other departments, but they don't belong to an um, A&E department? There may be information passing to the police officer, but the police officer didn't work in the A&E department. The United States, Britain and 21 other countries have demanded that China allow the top United Nations human rights official immediate unfettered access to the western region of Xinjiang. In a strongly worded statement delivered at the UN, the signatories urged Beijing to stop the arbitrary detention of Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities and to respect human rights and freedom of belief across China. Britain's UN ambassador Karen Pierce delivered the statement. We share the concerns regarding credible reports of mass detention, efforts to restrict cultural and religious practices, mass surveillance disproportionately targeting ethnic Uyghurs and other human rights violations and abuses in the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. Britain's lower house of parliament has voted overwhelmingly to hold a snap general election on the 12th of December to try to break the deadlock over Brexit. It's being seen as a victory for Prime Minister Boris Johnson, whose minority government has failed on three previous occasions to force an early election. The measure still needs the approval of the upper house, but is expected to become law by the end of the week. Here's the BBC's Rob Watson. This will be the first December election in Britain in nearly a 100 years. The stakes could not be higher. The result could well determine what happens next with Brexit and potentially the very unity of the United Kingdom. If, as the opinion polls suggest, the Conservatives win, Boris Johnson will likely get any new Parliament to pass his Brexit deal, with Britain then leaving the EU before the end of this year. If they lose or cannot form a majority government, the odds would surely rise on there being either a second referendum and a possible vote to remain, or a very different kind of Brexit, or possibly more delay. The United States House of Representatives has voted to recognise the mass killing of around one and a half million Armenians in the Ottoman Empire a century ago as genocide. The bill gained overwhelming bipartisan support. This is the moment the result was announced. On this vote, the yeas are 405 and the nays are 11, with three answering present. The resolution is adopted. The move is widely seen as a rebuke to Turkey, the successor to the Ottomans, over its incursions into northern Syria. Turkey has condemned the U.S. move. Ankara denies the campaign amounted to genocide. Democrats in the U.S. Congress have published a resolution setting out the next steps in their impeachment efforts against President Trump. The motion, on which they will vote tomorrow, establishes a structure for the proceedings, with a lead role in public hearings for the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff. Earlier, a senior White House official told the impeachment investigation that he personally heard the president ask Ukraine to investigate the leading Democrat, Joe Biden. Here's the BBC's David Willis. Alexander Vindman is a decorated Iraq war veteran who subsequently served as a diplomat under both Republican and Democrat administrations. 
Defying a White House order not to testify to the impeachment inquiry, he arrived dressed in military uniform and told committee members that he raised concerns about the Trump administration's attempts to get Ukraine to investigate the president's Democratic rival Joe Biden on two separate occasions. Listening in from the White House Situation Room to the President's phone call with Volodymyr Zelensky, Mr. Vindman said he was concerned. I did not think it was proper to demand that a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen. Senators in the U.S. have accused the American aircraft manufacturer Boeing of a disturbing level of casualness and flippancy while seeking approval for its 737 MAX plane to fly. The company's chief executive, Dennis Mullenberg, was giving evidence to a congressional hearing after two crashes that killed more than 300 people. The Democratic senator, Richard Blumenthal, accused Boeing of being dishonest over a new piece of software on the 737 known as MCAS, found to have contributed to the crashes. In the over 1,600-page original flight manual of Boeing 737 MAX, the aircraft's new MCAS computer system was mentioned only once, once in 1,600 pages, in the glossary of abbreviated terms. So when Boeing came to us and they said, it's the pilots, inexperienced pilots, you were lying to us as well. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has urged Lebanese politicians to form a new government without delay, following the resignation of the Prime Minister Saad Hariri. In a statement, Mr. Pompeo said the new administration needed to be able to build a stable, prosperous and secure Lebanon that was responsive to the needs of its citizens. Mr. Hariri submitted his resignation after nearly two weeks of nationwide protests. These protesters welcomed the move. The resignation of Hariri is a first step in building a patriotic, democratic country. The first achievement of the 17th of October uprising has been realized. Now we have to start planning for the second achievement. It was expected under the pressure of this people's uprising. It was something joyful for the Lebanese people because he was one of the symbols of the authority and the authority's strength. Walid Jumblat of the opposition Progressive Socialist Party said the decision was inevitable. He was obliged to do it because he tried to find out a compromise, he to implement some reforms, he tried to convince the president that, well, this way, with the same figures, it's impossible to continue. The people on the ground were asking for radical reforms. Russian officials have informed the Turkish authorities that the withdrawal of Kurdish fighters from the security corridor being set up in northeastern Syria has finished. The BBC's Tom Bateman reports. As the deadline passed at 6 o'clock local time, Russia's Defence Minister Sergei Shoigu said the Kurdish withdrawal was complete. Ankara said it would take up joint patrols with the Russians along two stretches of border, indicating it regarded the deal as having held past the deadline. Turkey's incursion into northern Syria three weeks ago sparked international condemnation. Nearly 300 militants of the Kurdish-dominated forces there are reported to have died, with 300,000 people displaced, according to Kurdish officials. Finance news now. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,733. That's 58 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $39 billion. 
to currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.83 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 11 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 8 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. We start with baseball. The Washington Nationals have pushed the World Series to a seventh game after beating the Astros 7-2 in Houston. Steven Strasburg took a gem into the ninth inning. The Washington pitcher struck out seven, allowing only five hits to pick up an impressive fifth win in the postseason. Anthony Rendon drove in five runs for the visitors. Adam Eaton and Juan Soto each belted a solo shot. Houston will try again tomorrow when they host Game 7 when all six games up to now have been won by the road team. Star pitcher Max Scherzer is set to return and will likely start for the Nationals. The three-time Cy Young Award winner pulled out just before Game 5 due to back spasms. He's resumed throwing and says he feels fine. Zach Greinke will likely start for Houston. On to football now. Of the 10 teams in English League Cup action last night, Colchester United are the lowest-ranked side to make it through to the quarterfinals. They defeated fellow fourth-tier side Crawley Town, coming from a goal down to win 3-1. Premier League sides Manchester City, Leicester and Everton have also progressed, as the BBC's Katie Smith reports. Current champions Manchester City eased into the quarterfinals with a routine 3-1 win over Southampton. It was two goals from Sergio Aguero and the opener came from Nicolas Otamendi. It's the Saints' first game since that 9-0 thrashing from Leicester City in the Premier League last week. Leicester were also in action. They made nine changes from that side to beat League One team Burton Albion at 3-1. And two second-half goals were just what Marco Silva's Everton needed to book their place in the last eight. They beat fellow Premier League side Watford 2-0. Oxford United got past fellow third-tier side Sunderland on penalties to reach their first League Cup quarterfinal since 1987. It was one all through 90 minutes. Oxford came through 4-2 in the shootout. The Premier League leaders Liverpool host Arsenal tonight in one of three remaining last 16 ties. Manchester United visit Chelsea. Wolves play away to Aston Villa. Now, the Arsenal boss Unai Emery has left Granit Xhaka out of his squad for tonight's game at Liverpool and refused to confirm whether the midfielder will remain as club captain. Xhaka confronted Arsenal fans who taunted him when he was substituted against Crystal Palace on Sunday. Emery insisted the decision to leave Xhaka out of tonight's game was made before the incident. In Spain, Lionel Messi came close to recording a hat-trick in Barcelona stumping a Valladolid at the Nou Camp. Messi scored twice and set up two more as Barca cruised to a 5-1 victory. His effort from a third goal from close range went wide in stoppage time. Barca topped the table with a two-point lead over Granada. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And that's the news in sports from RTHK. In the digital world, your account login and personal information are just like the keys to your home. Accessing your bank account via an unknown Wi-Fi or a public computer is like giving away your home keys. And stolen account and personal information can be used by others. Always protect your digital keys. Change your password regularly. Keep your personal digital keys safe. The above information is provided by the Hong Kong Monetary Authority. Yeah.